welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. We are a Woos Media Podcast brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Boys, did you get caught up in that rain out there? I did. A lot of lightning. Ooh. Yeah, that's tough. A little, little crazy for mid-July. This is, of course, Tuesday, July 19th. And apparently, in the summers in Colorado, you now get monsoons. You used to. In June, it used to be heavy rain in the afternoon. Yeah, it's, it's so, for, for so many years, it's just been like dry all dry. summer long. So I not only got caught up driving in this one today, but Saturday was out at Chatfield when it just came down in an instant. It was nuts. It was an insane situation trying to get packed up and loaded out of there. But I am Jared All, host of the show here, joined as always to my left co-host, Connor Holzkamp. I'm here. And producer behind the ones and twos, Nick Sopris. Present. Everyone's here. Guys, I don't two wanna, weeks in a row. I was say I don't want to jinx it, but wow. kind of on a roll. Dog days of summer, you know. Yeah, nothing better to do. Got to look on Film the old uh, the old planner. I might have a couple trips. I'm surprised up Nick's here, not so. like going across the world, like and then back and then to I California wish. and then I like wish. sipping some wine in Napa, then I like wish. Alaska cruise and I know I'm not big on cruises. No, like, I, really, good. yeah. Kinda, I see. I like cruises, and the COVID thing kind of changed it. Like those guys were stuck on that that cruise that cruise ship for like a month, and I think the food's kind of gross, and I think it's probably really disgusting. I what? did one cruise. What, when I was what a kid, cruise but, did you ever do where the food was great? Like, because I think that's got. I think be. the food is solid at because best, I, Connor. Where have you been on a cruise that a food uh, is I went great? On some carnival. I went on a couple carnival oh, carnival. Cruises. And uh, yeah, I had they had like a you know like a five star chef making the dinners at oh, night. Oh, you went on a fancy one, um, Ooh. and it was it was really like I, dare I say elite food oh, for dinner. God. Now, yeah. granted, the daytime food like the buffets, like tendies, it's just like uh, it was average. I didn't think it was bad though. Like this wasn't like country buffet. This, I, see, that's I, what I was love, actually just gonna say I, you're getting very buffet style breakfast buffet. and lunch. Your breakfast and lunch is, is just buffet. You remember the old you remember the old buffet place? It was called Furs. F U R S. Absolutely. Oh. R I P to Furs. But yeah, yeah. Old, it was like the old people spot. Oh, and uh, do you remember uh, Healthy Habits? Do I don't remember one? Healthy Habits. Mm, that was a... Probably because we didn't have very healthy Sweet tomatoes, <laughs> by the I way. I love sweet tomatoes. I, you know, I was a fan. A good, great salad bar. It's a, it's a shame. You know what? I actually went to the Golden Corral the other day. It's been like a decade since I've been to that place. Uh, they've changed it a lot, and it's actually not bad. It's not I, bad at all. It's not bad okay, at all. Okay, what's the best buffet in Colorado? And if we all don't answer uh, the, the same, then I'm going to be Sinzetti's. Sinzetti's, right? Sinzetti's. I would say I would say the Crab Leg Buffets in Blackhawk. Oh, see, I'm not... Oh, okay, I mean... Geez. I wasn't even really For the kids, Connor. That. For the kids. <laughs> I actually went to Sinzetti's last week. Sinzetti's. It was as bad as I remember. <laughs> it was bad. That's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was okay. I... Uh, to me, the best by far was uh, in recent memory before things closed was sweet tomatoes. Yeah, I loved it because I just loved the salad bar. I like how Connor doesn't refer to it as COVID. He says before things closed that <laughs> yeah. that dark time, the land before times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, hands down, it's the crab legs. Come on, how do you not think it's the crab leg? But unless you don't like crab legs, I guess I, I don't want okay. my crab in a landlocked okay. state. Hot, hot take, guys. Mm. Uh, that's going to be unpopular on here. Crab's not that good. Ooh. It's just okay. And for the amount of work you have to put into getting the small amount of food that doesn't ultimately even fill me up, 
it's just okay. The the butter's really where it's at. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's basically just a vessel for butter. Yeah. So if I'm going to be dropping crazy buku bucks on that, I just well, Jared, you know, steak. The nice thing is, you only have to lose about a hundred to one hundred fifty dollars in blackjack, and then you get an unlimited buffet. See, that's that's exactly it. That's what you do. Most expensive buffet, Colorado. (laughs) All right, guys, we are in the uh, kind of the midst of the off season world here, right? I mean, you got NFL training camp getting ready to start up in a couple of weeks you got uh summer about uh summer ball going for nba and then uh nhl really just the the whole free agency period in the nhl really comes and goes quickly i yep. mean pretty much everything that's that's going to happen has been done there's maybe a couple of moves still left but the abs have made a bunch of moves most notably re-signing quite a bit of that uh you know roster kind of trying to bring it back run it back for a repeat next year uh, a few of the names uh colorado's bringing back uh andrew cogliano uh, signs on a one-year deal. Uh, Darren Helm, uh, Arturi Lekkinen. I mean, bringing back a lot of guys. Val- Valerie Nchuskin's probably the big one. Signs an eight-year, forty-nine million-dollar contract. Wow. Insane to me when these guys signed those contracts so long like that. You really only see that NHL, maybe MLB. Oh, oh a big uh, baseball. Yeah, fifteen years. Whew. Yeah, but he declined. No, but I mean, like you. I mean, we've seen 10, yeah. 12, 15 years in baseball. Does, all the time, does that actually. ever not come back to bite you? Uh, the team? Yeah, the team. Uh, Signing a deal like that. like I look at like, uh, Albert Pujols was getting paid pretty big money there to, to not do a whole lot over the last few seasons, right? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know because uh, I, I guess it's to be seen because these monster, very long-term contracts, I guess, wasn't all that common until somewhat recently. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, uh, I know the big news was uh, Soto from the... Nationals turned down a, I believe I can't remember. Fifteen years, four hundred forty million. Four forty. There you go. Yep. And it turned that down. And uh, yeah, no, it's 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 wild. <laughs> Speaking of baseball, I, I dove right past this. I meant to talk on it before we got started in, on the Avs, but uh, uh, home run derby last night. Did you guys catch that? I did. I did. Was it was it was it good? Was it any good? That was pretty good. I heard Albert Pujols put up a little bit of a show. Oh, I yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you call putting up, I, mean, I, can, I don't even know what he had, like 13 home runs or something. He, he he won. He actually beat Kyle Schwarber, who was the number one seed in the home run tournament. I think Kyle Schwarber has like 23 home runs this year. Uh, so it was a surprise underdog type of showing. But no, nah, he didn't. It wasn't like Albert Pujols did really well in the home run derby at all. It was just it was more of one of those things. He won the first round. Uh, you know, it's, it was almost like I felt it was a lifetime achievement award kind of thing. Like even just letting him in. Right. I mean, like this is last year. Like he's done it. He's, he's meant so much to baseball. He's been so, that's what it seemed like was like a lifetime achievement. Everyone came out and applauded. Even all the players like got up onto the field and like they took a break from the thing because, uh, you know, it's just Albert Pujols and it's his last hurrah kind of. So I don't know. It was more like that. It wasn't like he put on a show. I would not say that. All right, we have a new champion, right? The, the new champion this year, and and are we all freezing on the name? We're gonna have to sell. So look this up for me. Our, our home run derby champion. Oh, uh, Rodriguez. Uh, uh, is it Julio Rodriguez? I believe so. Yes. Uh, he's from. He's a yeah. It is. It's, he's a rookie from Seattle, and okay. he's he's real fast. Steals a lot of bases. Has some power. Put up really good numbers. Started off a little slow as rookies tend to do, but. He is actually nah, he he's a budding superstar in this league for sure, no doubt about it. You guys be tuning into the All Star game tonight? No. Uh I'll probably check it out. 
do you check it out. when you watch the all-star game or any all-star game in general do you actually root for a team or or is it just more watching for like the fun of an all-star game uh it in the nba i just it's more like i root for players right right because that's, that's the whole idea uh, that's it, right? it yeah you know what i did like is we had talked last week about how when you go over nine innings who pitches in the all-star game mlb but they said the winner of the home run derby that side or that that uh division uh win, wins the uh all-star game if it goes past nine. Oh, interesting okay so they oh, just really yeah. that, deem that are you sure about that i feel pretty confident i can look it I, up. I thought that they were going to a i thought that they were going to a home run derby if it got to Ooh, nine innings. Oh, I, I like I yeah, I'm, I lie. I'm actually almost certain on that that they're they're going to they're gonna pick three players from each side and have like a home run derby to See, I'd watch that the all star to decide the all star game if it goes past nine now innings. Now I'm literally oh, just rooting yeah, for you're right. I'm I'm just yeah. rooting yeah. for the, this to go tied to nine. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Uh, a lot of people say that they should do that for the regular baseball games. Oh see that'd be cool. But does that shorten a game i think the whole idea is you're trying to shorten the game does that really because yeah, it absolutely does it, it, you, instead of going to 12 innings to 10 innings 11 innings each, yes it, players yes. from each I league right. would take three swings apiece to defy to decide the final result so three swings yeah, three so, swings okay so nine okay. total swings of the we're not getting like the two side. minutes or whatever they get no to. yeah no <laughs> it's not gonna be like a f- oh excuse Ooh, me tough Oh, Connor. Connor's upset. I am. I am. It's not going to be a whole production, though. Come on. It's not like a home run derby is going to decide an MLB game. Yeah, that's true. But it is nice as a way to. It's kind of cool. I like it. I think we should uh, continue to push that one on the MLB. I think that's a good change they could bring about uh, within there. So, okay, moving away from baseball, back to NHL, back to hockey. We we were talking a little bit of Avs. Most notably, the guy, there's a couple of names that the Avs didn't bring back. Like we talked about, most of their core they have back, which is is huge. That's something that any. championship team hopes to do is bring back a majority of those guys most notably i think we we can start with darcy kemper goaltender from the for the abs the big move they made last offseason was bringing darcy kemper in he signs a five-year uh just over 26 million dollar deal with the washington capitals the avalanche are moving forward with Alexander, and I'm probably going to blow this. So just everybody, rip me on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. Georgiev, Georgiev, George. Anybody know Georgiev, 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 Georgiev. We're going with it, okay? <laughs> Gorg, I think it's Gorg something. Gorga. Gorg, okay. Gorg. I think it's Harji. We're going to call know. him Ali G. Okay, <laughs> this Ali is this G. is Alexander G. Georgiev. Gorg. Hey, Ali G. Ali G is the new goalie for the, for the Apple. I knew I was going to do that. I even going into this was like, yeah, I'm confident. That's it. That's it. Susie comes out of my mouth. I'm like, that sounds so terribly wrong. I cannot be right on that. So somebody on Twitter, tell me how to pronounce that. Okay. But he is uh, the a former backup goalie uh, from the New York Rangers. Only played in 33 games last year. Uh, has never been a full-time starting goalie. He's young, 26. What are your guys' thoughts on the moves for the Avs? First of all, in not bringing Darcy Kemper back. Moving on from Kemper, we kind of all thought they, at least correct me if I'm wrong, we kind of all thought they would heavily pursue Kemper to bring him back. What are your guys' thoughts on him not being here this year? Well, what did Kemper sign? Like a four-year? Uh, five-year five 26. Five-year five 26. And they they signed, by the way, Ali G to a three-year 10 million, the Avs did. Yeah, I you know, my thoughts are uh, that I <laughs> I'm gonna trust Joe, Joe Sackick and company. You know, I mean, they, they've certainly earned the right to have us as fans 
trust them and their decision making until they prove us otherwise wrong, you know? So, um, I mean, that's, that's my, my first and foremost, I'm going to go there and just, I know that's like the, the cop out card, but they obviously know what they're doing. I mean, they have proven that they know what they're doing with their moves. And so I'm going to hope, but my personal fan side, I don't really understand it. I I, I agree. I'm there with you. I look at, uh, you know, uh, what a good friend of the show, Tyler Walgie, who is a professional sports better and uh, keeps track of a lot of different hockey stats. I was having a conversation with him right when this trade happened, actually. And saw I, you know, I asked him to pull up a couple stats and he looked at goals saved above average. It's a, it's a stat that is tracked that basically tries to quantify, you know, it's how many goals did you save more than the the average goalie would have in that same exact situation. I you know I, b- I believe is more or less what it's getting at. And he looked at that stat, and last season, in his what what did you say thirty three games uh, whatever it was, uh, Ali G, <laughs> as, as you want to call him, uh, was in the seventies, right? So it, out of all goalies that qualified, he was in the seventies on goals saved above average. Darcy Kemper was six in the league in goals saved above average. Frankie, uh, pa- Pavel Francouz, was 43rd. So when you look at that number, it's, it's puzzling. It's interesting, to say the least, that you know, you're going to let go of a guy. I, I get it. That's a lot of money. You're, you're going to try to shore up your roster elsewhere. Okay, you move on from Darcy Kemper, who is 6th. Maybe you don't need 6th. But you have Francois, who's 43rd, right? Uh, you know, maybe look to get somebody who can be in that 30th range, 20-something range, right? Uh, we go with the 70-something, like 78th or 79th. Um, it's puzzling to me, man, honestly. but Yeah, and, and my big thing is when you look at it, you know, the, the Avalanche still have a little bit of cap space. I think they could have made that deal happen with Darcy Kemper. And, and for uh, about a $2 million a year difference... Uh, Boy, I, I, I really feel like I, I think you're betting on a little bit of potential, a little bit of upside, but more than anything, what this move shows me is they believe that their team is strong enough in front of the goaltender and th- that they it really did throughout the playoffs this past year prove that they didn't need elite goaltending to win a Stanley Cup. They won the Stanley Cup with solid goaltending, you know, maybe slightly above average goaltending. It wasn't elite. And and maybe the, the idea is, is they felt between Ali G and, and Franco's that they could get solid goaltending. I would not be surprised to see the Avalanche go for more of a two-goalie system this next year. Uh, I do think Ali G getting that contract becomes the favorite as a starter. You obviously gave up a lot to get him. You gave him a contract. I don't think you do that to make him your backup. I think he goes in as, as the leader. But I'm there with you, Connor. I, I'm unsure. It seems like to me this is a move that... I'm going to take the risk on Darcy Kemper bouncing back from what we saw a little bit of, of him falling off in the playoffs and having another strong season to where you could be running it back not only next year, but years to come. I, I think that, that time will tell. I, I don't have an issue with the well, value they gave up. I think that's been most people's issue is the value. I'm okay with what they gave up to get him. Yeah, I, I actually disagree with both of you. Connor, I think the thing about statistics, generally speaking, is you can make them say whatever you want to. Goal saved above average is a great statistic. We need to know sample size. We need to know other factors in regards to the stats. I think when you don't have as many games as Kemper did, I think it's easy to skew those statistics based on just the simple fact of games played. That would be the immediate first thing. It, in my mind, I don't really know who's going to start. It certainly seems like they're both going to split 
games. That's kind of what the vibe told me. They seem to be very similar in skill with Ollie G and Frankie. So I don't mind the move. I, I think I'd rather shore up. I, I think you'd rather have quality role players, which is what they seem to do as opposed to play, play for, excuse me, pay for a goalie that frankly, half of the half of the Avs fans hated and half of the fans really liked. So I think it's a I think it's a move where you just kind of let it play out. But I, I do agree that it's more based on they trust their their lines as opposed to the goalie. And if we want to talk about Kemper, probably some of his stats are skewed too because the team in front of him was so good. So now, I think a lot of it is skewed both ways. Now granted that so that is uh, one thing is fair to say, right? The Avalanche have you know, the top rated defense in the NHL, which which absolutely makes your goal saved above average uh, skewed. Absolutely. But the thing is, is New York had a top five defense as well. They, they had a very good defense in front of in front of their goaltenders as well. Um, you know, for me, it's not so much that I wanted them to keep Darcy. You know, I'm okay with it, especially when they're keeping a lot of their core players. Seems like they're, uh, like Nick said, trying to get their role players uh, signed to make sure they're here. They've deemed that more important than a than you know paying a lot of money for a goaltender. I'm okay with that. Like that that I'm really not upset or anything at that uh, in particular. I just I don't know. It, it feels like it feels like uh, out of all the people to get like maybe get someone younger or you, you know i just I, I don't see the ceiling with this guy necessarily it it seems like this guy's you know he's already in his prime age hasn't really shown to have much more than what he's gotten uh in terms of production uh, you know i think he's 27 i think he'll be 27 this yeah. year um so i mean that's not like he's it's not like he's some 24 year old goalie that hasn't gotten his shot yet you know what i mean like i would have rather seen them go out and i don't know i don't have the list of free agents sure. in front of me or, or people who could have been traded for but it seems like i would have been more excited if if they could have got out and gotten somebody who is in that like 23 24 year old range like someone that's just chomping at the bit to get their opportunity to be a starter in this league i would have had a little more excitement for than this i mean that's that's where i'm at but i do trust joe sack and company yeah i'm, I'm gonna let on, it go on that point i think that one of the more underrated aspects of being a gm and a scout for a professional team is is most people don't think about obviously you do a lot of scouting in minor league players in you know uh college kids high school kids that sort of thing what's coming up but a big part of that is also scouting guys in the nhl guys that could be potential fits and th this tells me that something about what you're seeing from ali g gives joe sackick and company the impression that he is on the cusp of his best hockey and that he has another gear to take it. I don't think you make that move, this move, and give up what you did. And again, just for everyone out there that doesn't know, doesn't see, have the, the compensation in front of them, they gave up uh, a 2022 third and fifth round pick and a 2023 third round pick. So you're giving up three picks, signing him to a, a nice contract. That's a lot of value to give up for a guy. I don't think you're doing that if you believe you're getting a middle-of-pack goalie. I, I actually think that they do have hopes for him to be a top 10, top 15 guy. Not necessarily maybe the top five guy you had in Kemper, but I do think that they're kind of betting on some upside here. I, I, I'm going to believe in them. I'm going to go with them, but I am afraid that we're going to look back next year at, at this being what what uh, led the, the Avalanche to not repeat. I, I think if, if they don't, this is probably why. Well, And I almost, I do wonder how much uh, uh, of their decision-making here, how much of the Nazem Kadri 
contract hanging over their head have to do with them deciding to move on from Darcy Kemper? Because uh, he's still not signed with anybody, Kadri, uh, meaning. And, uh, you know, there's definitely reports out there that, you know, he has interest, the Avs have interest in, in keeping him. They're trying to move some pieces around to try and clear some contract or clear some cap space uh, to sign him. Yeah, from my understanding. It, it, it sounds like he's maybe not getting quite the, the reception in the market that he had hoped and expected. And it could be some of that. too. Uh, that could be really good for the Avs. Do you think the Avs should do everything they can to bring Nazem Kadri back? No, he's too expensive. I think that's the obvious issue. Uh, do everything they can? No. But I definitely think they should do anything reasonable to bring him back. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think they should go out and sign Kadri to a five-year, $8 million, $9 million a year contract. No. But absolutely, I, I want to have him back. Like, you know, I, I would love to see him. If, if somehow we could get him for like three years, you know, six, seven million per, which probably means you found a way to trade Sam Girard away. Uh, he's making five million is, a year. Is, is Sam Girard the Will Barton of the Avalanche? It just know. seems I, I like everybody, think everyone, I think everybody like just wants to get rid of Sam Gerrard. And I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of the same way. He bugs me on the ice because he's a little guy that just doesn't play your typical standard defenseman, big physical guy. He's more of a scrapper. And I don't know. I just feel like the Avalanche have grown past him as a guy that like mm. it should be relied on as a regular contributor. And I think if you can get value for him but, uh, and that allows you to bring Kadri back, that's a great move on my part. In my opinion, I, I I think I don't know. I don't actually see the. I mean, I see just it's nothing but hate almost for Will Barton, right? I actually see a lot of uh, Sam Gerrard fans out there, but, you know. But I think I think what it really comes down to, Jared, is I think they're I believe they're paying Gerrard something like five million a year. Uh, he's I think he's around that five million a year mark, well, which is a lot. I mean, <clears throat> that's a solid chunk of change to be paying. For a defenseman who is certainly more of an uh, almost all an offensive defenseman, he is he is not like you said that big physical defensive guy, right? He's a his value comes on the offensive uh, end of the ice, and he's with with the emergence of Bo Byram, you're really looking at Sam Girard as as your third line defenseman, and I think it just comes down to do you really want to pay five million a year uh, for a third line defenseman? I, I mean, I really I just think it comes down to that, and um, I, I you know that that's what I think. That's why I think it makes sense for the Abs to get rid of him, right? Not not that he's a bad player, not that he he's he's pretty, you know he's special at some of the things he can do, but I think it just comes down to the the numbers, you know. The NHL draft also happened over the last, I think it was two weeks ago now, um, and don't really have much that we need to dive in that because, well, the Avalanche didn't pick anyone for like the first five rounds, so likely we won't see or hear of any of the guys that they did draft for a while, if ever, on, on the Major League roster, uh, but... Interesting approach. Uh, a very different approach from Joe Sackick this year versus what we've seen in the past in in a basically showing his hand that they're kind of going on. They're trading, you know, picks for assets that can contribute right now, uh, namely Ali G, the goaltender, but a few other moves they made as well. Uh, surprised. Are you surprised at all to see a team that was built primarily through the draft, through the minor league systems, making these moves or is this was this always going to happen this way once you win a Stanley Cup you, is that what you have to do? yeah you kind of have to you build your core players from the ground up and then you've got to go and just supplement those players with talent because now the window's here obviously and you've got to you've got to just kind of make your run and I think that's sort of just the, the nature of the biz yeah I mean I think that's uh 
that's been what people have been calling for Joe Sackick to do for years. Yeah, now. and he hasn't um, really. No, he hasn't. He's he's held on to everything. Uh, he's been very patient, and and it really started. The dam kind of broke at, at, right at the trade deadline this season when they made those, those flurry of moves to bring in Manson and uh, Helm and and these other guys, and, and they traded away you know like Connor Timmons, a uh, uh, young prospect. They traded away draft picks. They tra- you know I think that's when it started, and they went all in. It worked. Now you do, like Nick say, you have your core here still. You, you don't need to go stockpile more draft picks. Your goal is to try to win as many championships as you can in this next three, four-year window, right? While you still have all these core together. Uh, and, and that's what you do. I mean, that, that's what he's doing. I, I like it. I, I like the moves. I, I like how he's being aggressive and not just sitting around, you know, Bill Belichicking it and just compiling draft picks every single year. You love to see it, as an Avs fan. It it just seems like Joe Sackett gets it, man. He just he's he's looking moves ahead of everybody else, and I I, I agree exactly with what you said. Soaps. It's like he he built it. He knew what he was doing building this roster, and everyone questioned him for a long time. How, how he handled the Matt Duchesne trade for years, he was criticized until he pulls off a move that nobody thought he could ever pull off. Brings in this core that they now have built that team up and now it's like he understands it's time to flip the switch and go all in now everything you got and I, I, I think it's great to see uh, a, a well-rounded... You know, sometimes kind of guys kind of get lucky as a GM their first few years, stumble into a lot of draft picks, things like that. But to see him come full circle as a GM, I think that this is going to be a great move for years to come. And, and not only that, but he's making a move. Uh, I think it's a, a very entitled move, but he's getting uh, promoted to uh, uh, president of hockey operations and they're promoting uh, assistant GM to the GM position now. Yeah. Yeah, so, good. For, good for Joe. That's good. And I, I, we haven't even mentioned my my favorite my favorite part of the Avs offseason so far is the is the signing of Val Nichushkin. I, I mean, that was. Uh, did you mention that? I just briefly did briefly before I cut it? it off when we talked about the uh, the, now, the MLB home that, derby. That was a great signing, in, in my opinion. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. So Val Nichushkin, what is it? Eight years, six six point one million per year, I believe. Uh, signing, really great signing for the Avs. He really, really showed up in the playoffs. Had a really a great season this year. Uh, and when you look at some of these stats, so these are percentile rankings, right? So what percentile you're in, in case someone needs a refresher on what percentile rankings out there. If you have 100 people, random people in the room, and you are better than 95 of them, then you are in the 95th percentile of that room, right? Uh, so these are projected, or I'm sorry, these are three-year averages from top-down hockey uh, percentiles for Val Nichushkin. In even strength uh, offense, he is in the 95th percentile of all forwards. In even strength defense, he's in the 98th percentile of all forwards. In penalty kill, he's in 87th percent of all forwards. Uh, goals per 60 minutes, 74th percentile. Uh, first assist per 60 minutes, 63rd percentile. And projected war, so projected wins above replacements um, for this next year, 96th percentile for forwards. So we're looking at a guy who has played and is projected to play at the very, very, very top percentage of all forwards in the NHL and to sign him for an eight-year deal, uh, $6.1 million per, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a solid signing for them. I think it's a, it's a big money move, 
But I think it's one that when when the contract's all said and done, I think we're going to look back at a star that was made in, in that time. And for for the Avs to get him at that price is really, I think, going to be a steal when it's all said and done. He, I mean, he's a, he's a, a, a top a top tier player coming forward, I think, coming into his prime here. Absolutely. So I think that's a great signing, and uh, hopefully, hopefully they can get something done with Kadri. So if so. they if yeah if they bring back Kadri, if I'm not mistaken, just thinking off the top of my head, that that gives them back like their top six or seven forwards. They're bringing back. Uh, you lost Burakovsky. Burakovsky, uh, you're right. Is, so your second your second line center, I, I think, is still a question mark okay. for the Avs. But so a majority of your top two lines. Yeah, big. Your top three lines basically of your defensemen I mean that is huge yes you're replacing the goaltender that is a big question mark as I said earlier if things don't go right for the Az next year I, I have a strong feeling we're going to point back to that move being why but to bring back everything in front of him I, I kind of get where Joe Sackick's thinking man we're bringing back a Stanley Cup roster and maybe we take a small step back with a goalie you know what our goalie kind of played like shit in the playoffs so it, it's it, it's not like he was yeah. You know what, though? I'm going to push back a little bit on that, okay? Because I've heard a lot of media personalities, national and local, basically saying what you just said. The Az proved that they just won a, a Stanley Cup without good goaltending. And I'm sitting here just like, did they? Did they? You're talking about six in goals allowed above average throughout the regular season. Let us, let's not negate the regular season and its importance. To, you can't win a Stanley Cup. It's, it's an 82 you, game preseason. Yeah, but, but unless you put yourself in position to get to the playoffs in a good in a good seed, right? Like that matters. Those games do matter, okay? So let's not just like But what throw what do out. you think? What are we talking in a difference in wins and losses from 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 Kemper to Ali G? Are we talking five games? Maybe you're not the one seed, you're the two seed? Uh, maybe right, but, but then, I, but then, let's also not forget. Let's also not forget, even in the playoffs, uh, have we already forgotten Game Five of the Stanley Cup playoffs? The score was two to one, two to one. Okay, I didn't say he. Okay, Darcy right. Kemper I did just say he played up. like shit. Prior to that, what I said in all seriousness was he didn't play great. He played solid. I thought he was. He, he was well, solid. and I think he had you know obviously the injury to the eye in the playoffs. We don't right. really Which know. Which does how affect? Much. Yeah. Well, no, and we've mentioned it on this show. You've heard it around the local media. He was seeing an eye doctor three times a day to retrain his eye how to see after that injury. So clearly, injury may have played some role. All we can really do is speculate as to how much role. But I get it. The goaltending level from Darcy Kemper for much of the playoffs was not at the level that he had showed throughout much of the regular season. Okay, that's fair. It was not uh, goaltending that lifted them through these playoffs. Okay, but I'll be darned <laughs> if we're going to just sit here and say that goaltending didn't play a role in the playoffs because there were several games in that Stanley Cup final where Darcy Kemper showed up in a big way. Now, granted... They weren't getting a ton of shots on goal. Uh, the Avs' defense showed up even more and, and really limited the, the the opportunities and the chances that the Lightning had. But let's just not forget that there were several games there where Darcy Kemper made some critical saves, and and I would just I would be I would uh, be tentative. I, I would I would implore Avs fans to let's not just throw that completely out the door and say yeah we'll be fine. I, I, you know I've just. There was something to it, okay, and and a two to one game against the league's arguable or arguably the league's best goalie 
for Darcy Kemper to do what he did in Game Five, uh, that was something. It's not nothing. And I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you, Connor. I, I've expressed that so far, but in my mind, it's obvious that Joe Sackick does, and I think that he's shown that it's not. He's not saying he just needs an okay guy, but I think he absolutely believes that he can get. The, the you know the caliber of goaltending he needs from a guy on a lesser contract that's not necessarily a top five guy that to me is very obvious in how they approach this because there you could have had made that deal with Darcy Kemper that that deal could have gotten done they had the money to do it they went a different direction before he even signed you know with with uh, the, the Capitals so I think that this is a, a, a decision a strategic decision on Joe Sakic's part. And we'll see if it pays off. I mean, ultimately, time will tell. Let's see if it pays off. All right, guys. Before we move on, uh, I, I have to go back because I'm gonna I'm gonna honestly call out Connor on this because he's the one he said he watched it. Correct. Did you I fall was... asleep before the end of the home run derby, Connor? Because Juan Soto was the winner. Oh, sorry. Of the home run, Jesus, derby. Connor. <laughs> wow. I was waiting for that too. Yeah. I, I was. We yeah, switched. Yeah. It. No, you're absolutely correct. And he's the second youngest. Yeah, you're right. He's the second youngest. Uh, player to win a home run derby it's tough to see nope, see you were so you were so bored that you didn't even know who won no actually i didn't know who won and uh yep no that was a that was an error on my part uh you see what happens is uh i put all this money on people that did not make it to the championship round so by the time the championship round hit my interest was uh much less yeah, than, weird than it was the round before when weird how when it, weird how when the stakes go up <laughs> your interest goes down in baseball weird how that well, works uh, i would say that's in uh, most sports that aren't my you know rockies abs nuggets broncos like if i'm just watching any random nfl sunday game I literally go in and out of paying attention to it for sure. Like, unless I yeah. have money on it, but uh-huh. if you have money on it, you'll for all watch the it. listeners I'll out there, it. for all the listeners, we're like nodding in pretend agreement with Connor. Just like, no, well, uh, th- th- there's no. I know some of you out there were listening, screaming through your microphone. Thank you for correction uh, on that one, because no, absolutely, uh, it was Juan Soto that one. And well, I I only know of what happened in it based on scrolling through Twitter today. I'm like, I don't remember that name. I don't remember seeing nah, he that be, name. He beat out Julio Rodriguez. Okay. And so then I had the, to look it up there. And and, yep. and, and of course, and, and and speaking of betting, if you haven't already, you guys got to make sure you get on Thrive Fantasy. They're one of the leaders in daily fantasy sports, but they're different from a DraftKings or a FanDuel because they put together contests with player props. Whole different angle of betting. If you haven't done it before, it's a lot of fun you're basically betting on a certain player to get over under you know hits or runs scored if we're talking a baseball game or points shots blocked anything like that within a game uh, you can do contests like you can on DraftKings. you can also do parlays with the player props which is my favorite thing to do on there make sure you check them out use our promo code red that's r-e-d when you sign up, they will get, they will match up to one hundred dollars of your deposit. Uh, that's Thrive Fantasy. Find them online, thrivefantasy.com, or download the app. All right, guys, we're gonna play a little bit of a of a different fun topic here. Okay, this is called Public Defender. Okay, everybody is familiar with a court. How it works if you do not, you know, we all know. Hopefully the, not too familiar. Well, unless I, you work I, at the court. I course. am unfortunately a bit too familiar oh, with my with my time in, in courts. But if you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. They call that a public defender. Sometimes a public defender is forced to defend uh, somebody that they don't agree with or believe in what they did. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to all be public defenders. Each of us is going to be presented with a point that I know you guys don't agree with, 
and you're going to have to defend that point. Oh, great. And you're going to tell us why, why this point is correct, okay? Please tell me yours is Baker. Of course, please. It had to be. It had to be. I had I had Tyler Walge. I told him the top we were going to do, so I had him put one together for me, and that was instant. (laughs) Took him two seconds. He's like, yep, Baker. So uh, that'll be fun. Actually, was... I'm not going to lie. This was one of the hardest things I've had to do in prepping notes to try to prove a point that you don't believe in. So <laughs> we're going to have some fun with this. Does anyone want to volunteer to go first or, or I will if you guys Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Soaps. So soaps. Uh, do you want me to tell you in advance? Or well, do you, you, can wanna... tell, you can tell the okay. audience. Okay. So audience, what, what soaps is going to tell us why watching baseball, a baseball game is way more exciting and enjoyable than watching golf. Because there's, it, it's real easy. There's 162 games. If you're really old and don't like change, that's obviously the sport for you. If you like things that have been consistently constant, if you like to get so unbelievably bored during what would say is the most exciting event in the Home Run Derby to where you forget the winner, needless to say, one to two days after it happens, this is the sport for you. If you want things to be way too long, drawn out, with no consistency in regards to umpiring, in regards to proper setting of lineups, and the fact that there is a shift that is so blatantly ruined the game of baseball in regards to hitters and adjusting to hitters, I've got the perfect five and a half hour snooze fest for you. Cricket, if you want 14 hours, that is the only thing that would possibly, possibly be more enjoyable than baseball. Well, I got to tell you, if I'm sitting in your court right now, you're not convincing me at all. You're doing a very terrible public defender job right now. I, I, no, you want to go watch here. a game. This is not no. this, this so game. This so game is not sell me. This no, no. game so is I not this game baseball. is not for everybody. This is for those that are so bored with their summer. They don't like to do very much except sit in front of the TV or turn on the radio and listen to seven hours. If you are an individual that likes to do literally nothing and watch the same repetitive thing for years and years, this isn't for everybody. So Nick, this why, isn't but, for people. So why would, why this would, isn't for uh, people that like tons of action. Well, this is for the individual that likes likes 162 of so, the exact same results. So if I hear and, you correctly, if I hear you correctly, you can't even do the contention because you disbelieve it that much because the contention is why is baseball a more exciting fun product for everybody to watch? Golf only has... You got to convince me. Yeah, you're, you're not convincing me. You're being too golf, sarcastic. Golf is... Golf has four championships. Why would I want four major championships when I can slog through an entire five-hour snooze fest 162 times a year to still have to maybe have a play-in game because now it's at the point where you don't even have guaranteed playoffs. We allow people to come in. If you want that, I have... Okay. Sports, See, I would have gone with. I, I would have gone with. You can actually clap. You're allowed to clap. No, no. I would have gone with that. I would have gone, <laughs> gone with like you can actually no. have loyalty to a team. Nope. You know. Nope. Uh, I okay. Have, so I, here's what we've learned I, from this I, exercise. I rest. It rests. Your if honor. Nick is your public defender, you are absolutely screwed because Nick's going to go up in front of the court and say, "If you happen to think that all the evidence in the world pointing towards this guy is just false." By all means, feel free. Let this murderer walk. <laughs> that would be Nick's public Nick's, defense. Nick's trying to cut a deal before it even <laughs> goes to yeah, court. Uh, like, yeah, you, see, you don't want to get in I have, I have the highest uh, plea bargain percentage rate of anybody ever. All that I'm saying is this murder case isn't for everybody. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Some people might like that. <laughs> yeah, so I, know, I, knew I, was, I knew it was going to be such a hard, okay. tough task for them to argue baseball. And the baseball. defense rests their case. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And, and the, the defense is 
convicted. The <laughs> the defendant has no, we'll been convicted. Let, we'll let the jury decide. Like I said, if you want the ultimate snooze fest, 162 <laughs> times a year, and to just sit there and enjoy your $19 Rocky Dog and your $14 beer with, however, you only paid $6 to get into the game, right now, we're looking at $40 plus parking. If you want to spend $150 to watch a total snooze fest, with the exception of the first inning. But I you know the, the best part you. is you pay less for a beer at a baseball stadium than you do on a PGA Tour. Well, just one of them. Beers. One of them. At the beers. Masters, I think it's like $4 yeah, a beer. Crazy. So anyways, I, I rest. Okay. All right. He rests. <laughs> Connor, moving on to you. Mm. Explain to me and the audience here why the Broncos have the worst game day experience of all four major sports in Denver. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. I am here to provide to you a much better defense than uh, public defender Nick Sopris over there. Is that the proper title, public defender? I have no idea. Okay, we're going to go with mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, when you look at all four major sports and you think about what, what the best sport to go watch in person and experience in person might be, you might be inclined to think the Broncos First, right off the top of your head, they're long, you know might have the best tradition here. They sell out in, every in game. Colorado. They definitely sell out every game. They, you probably just if you're just an average person, a sports fan in Colorado, it's probably the team that you're the most passionate about. I would say, but I'm here to tell you that that is a mistake. Now, granted, it is a great game day experience to go to an NFL game, but there are so many better experiences that you can be had in our backyard in Colorado. I'm here to tell you why. The Rockies, the Nuggets, the Avalanche, all three of those Colorado sports are cheaper to buy a ticket to than the Denver Broncos. Exclusivity. There's only eight games a year. Significantly cheaper, right? You're talking a range from $5 up to, I mean, if we're going to look at the cheapest ticket available, you're looking at like six bucks for the Rockies. You're looking at like 15 to 20 bucks for, for the Nuggets and, you know, somewhere around 35 bucks for the Avs. For the Broncos, you're looking at like 65 bucks, 70 bucks, right? Uh, Your Honor, I object. Uh, I want to know of a, of a game that you're getting into at the Avalanche for 35 bucks. I don't believe that. A regular that. season game in the nosebleeds in the second. corner? I don't. Mm-hmm. Pl- I'm going to need to see some evidence here okay. of this, Your yeah. Honor. Yep. Now, I, I, a lot of lies being told in this court. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll have to go break, but 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 it is an objective fact that the Broncos have the highest ticket prices of all of them. Okay, that's just one thing I want you to remember. Okay, okay? Uh, objection withdrawn. Okay, parking. When you have to go park for a game at Mile High, it is the most absurd. It is so absurd that it makes you just want to claw your skin out, go sit at the nearest bar and watch the game, even though you paid all that money for a ticket. Now, an experienced Bronco goer like myself understands that there is some free parking to be had in the uh, neighborhoods, right? Uh, Just to the north and to the west of the stadium. But be warned, many parking spots that appear to be available are tow-away zones. Your car may be towed for the pleasure of walking 30 minutes in the blistering heat or in the cold, frigid temperature of the Colorado winter, which brings me to my next point. Weather. 
The Denver Broncos games are the only of the four major sports that you might have to sit outside for an entire three hours in a blizzard. That does not happen in any other sport. You I can also argue, object to that. I have sat through a blizzard at a Rockies game. Well, then that is your <laughs> fault because a $6 ticket, you can just pocket that thing, call it a $6 write-off, go do anything else you want to with your afternoon. Yes, literally. You are not going to You can literally do anything else with your Rockies game. You, Correct. You go are, on. You are yes, not going to I like where this is headed. You are not going to pocket your $100 Bronco ticket just because it's, it's raining or snowing. Nope. You're going to go sit through that game and it's going to be miserable on, on, in certain aspects. No one loves sitting in freaking blizzard weather for three hours. No one loves that, right? Uh, so, so weather. That, that's my other point there. Uh, and, then, and then finally, for all of you sports fans who listen to fantasy or who play fantasy football, rather, Sunday is a very fun experience for you to sit there and follow your fantasy teams. You may watch Red Zone. You may watch. You may have uh, NFL Sunday Ticket. Either way, every single one of you that plays fantasy is absorbing football on every Sunday afternoon, every Sunday morning. When you go to the Broncos game, you cannot do that. You, you at best case scenario, you miss the Red Zone. Uh, for the for the morning slot, or you know, for the afternoon games, plus half of the morning games, because you have to leave and get ready because you have to park so far away, right? So you are missing a significant chunk, and not only that, anyone of you who has tried to use your cell phone in a packed Broncos stadium understands that is not happening very efficiently. So it's going to be tough to follow your fantasy football. I would argue. It's a great experience, no doubt. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but is all of that really worth it? And when you're really stacking it against these other teams, Coors Field, the product on the field is not great, granted. But they got a rooftop patio. Boy, that was the nicest way of ever putting that. Uh, they, they got a rooftop patio. Even people that hate the Rockies like going to Coors Field. Who doesn't? It's, I mean, it's a, it's a great time. You go get a hot dog. You can park for pretty cheap. Nick over here is talking about how expensive it is. It's $5 to park within a 10-minute walk of Coors Field with the exception of like opening day, July 4th, like a couple exception games, right? But for the most part, you can pay seven, eight bucks Wrong. and park. And uh, I will show you where it is. Wrong. From an experienced Rockies goer, I can Wrong. show you the lots that are Wrong. about that. So with that... I rest my case. We got okay, parking. Here, we got here's weather. Here's my rebuttal we got to each fantasy. of those, okay? Parking? Ride the light rail. That's a whole nother fun experience oh, God, along with fun game experience. day. Come on. It's like a whole different dystopian universe there on the light rail. Mm. Great time. Thoroughly enjoy it. Plus, you're in and out after the game. You walk. You're a 10-minute walk to the light rail. Boom. You're on the light rail. You're back home in a half hour. You, you, you park anywhere. No good. You got to ride the light rail. Weather? Come on. Nobody likes to sit and bake in the sun in the middle of July, August. Are you kidding me? You do the, you, you do the shade. You, you get oh, shade yeah, seats. For the third of the audience that can actually fit it's in, about in, half in of course field well you know the, the, the nice thing is it's usually about a fourth full and, so and, you can and, always and guys let's let's shape. be honest the, the regular season 
Broncos games end at, at at the end of December. What are you talking? One, maybe two snow games a year at most. How get, many snow games do you get with the Nuggets? Wear a jacket. How many snow games? You have to do you drive get? in and out with it, and that could be just as bad having to deal with getting it's in and out of that. It's not just as bad. Anyone who's driven to a Broncos game understands that getting out. But of if you lie the right rail. Boom! That solves that you problem. Lie, you too. can ride the light rail with jackets. Wear a jacket. Wear a jacket. Wear a jacket. What was your last point? Fantasy football. Fantasy and, and, football. And watching football. Live in reality, okay? Get out of your fantasy world. Live in reality. No, actually, that's, that is the one like thing that kills <laughs> me with Broncos games. Any anytime. And I, I'm, I also, uh, I'm a CU football season ticket holder, and that kills me too because you just you miss the whole weekend of football when you have those games. So I do actually agree with you there. Monday nights. That's why we go to Monday night games. Those are the best ones to go to. You don't miss any other games. Okay. I'm just saying, if you have two hundred dollars to spend on a night out to go to a sporting event. That Broncos ticket, you're pretty much going to sit in a middling location, uh, get one or two beers, and maybe a, you know a, maybe a popcorn or something, and, and, and that's it. If you have $200 to go watch a Nuggets game, if you pick your right game, you can go sit in the lower level in, in a pretty good location, a prime seat, get yourself three, four drinks and food, Still be under the freaking limit for what what you can pay for two hundred dollars. All right, I'm just telling you. I think I should have not rebuttaled because that was good. Because that, <laughs> you just, I think you might have just sold me there, Connor. I I don't know, man. I didn't even think about that. I can drop two hundo and be like in the lower level. I like that idea, man. Uh, well, Connor, I appreciate you. You actually. You're working us here. You're working us I did, here. I, I, my I best. think I think you, I you're, you're onto something there. <laughs> Although you did make me realize that uh, Rockies games is literally only the baseball field that you're there for. It's it's nothing. It is to tough do with to uh, argue that the Broncos is the worst game day experience. All right, but see, I at least gave it an attempt, other than Nick's sarcastic uh, attempt over no, here. No, I meant every word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. I am here to tell you why Baker Mayfield is the most overrated quarterback probably in the last 20 years, okay? It's frankly asinine that we're even here today talking about Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield being overrated. Ask yourself, honestly, what's he ever done to prove himself? Go Absolutely on. Nothing. Yeah, go on. Mm-hmm. Any success you he's have my ever attention? had... Correct. Can be. This is torture. This is actually torture. Uh, going back, any success he's ever had can be attributed to the immense amount of talent that has been around him. Yep. Uh huh. And all he's ever been asked to do is don't screw it up and hand off the ball. And most of the time, he still has. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh huh. And the the notion of Baker even being overrated is only because he was so underrated coming out of high school all the way through college. He, of course, had only five D1 scholarship offers, none of them worth a damn. He ends up walking on at Texas Tech, couldn't even win a starting job. Ends up transferring to Oklahoma, where he puts up incredibly inflated numbers on one of the most loaded rosters in the NCAA, in one of the worst, probably at that time, the worst Power Five conference where no defense was played whatsoever. So he walks to a Heisman Trophy because of some ridiculous numbers he put up in college. And then the Browns go make a Browns move and draft him number one overall when he never deserved to be. So right then, up until that point, he had been underrated his entire career. Then all of a sudden, he becomes a Cleveland Brown. And that's where it all starts, folks. 
This is a team that was so bad and so desperate for even a competent quarterback that they have looked past everything Baker Mayfield did on the field and considered him an elite quarterback from day one there despite his mediocre record and all of his statistics pointing otherwise. Let's take a look at his regular season statistics, okay? In his career, Baker Mayfield is 29 and 30. That's about as mediocre as it gets. Only one winning season in three years, and that was an 11-5 and five season in 2020, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. I love everything you're saying. Because we're going we're gonna to talk about that because I think people forget some of what happened in that season, but we'll, we'll get to that, okay? His career completion percentage is under 62%. In 60 career games, this is insane. He has been sacked 134 times more than two sacks per game, and he has thrown 56 interceptions. He's almost averaging an interception per game. Yeah, preach. This is, this, is, this is not even mediocre, guys. This is the type of stuff that gets you benched. All of a sudden, we might be talking about Sam Darnold as a starter this year. Yeah, we in, were last in, week. In Carolina. <laughs> and I know it's you guys. All the listeners are out there thinking, oh, but Jared, this, this 2020 season, the, the Browns went to the playoffs. They won a playoff game in 2020. Let's talk about that 2020 team, okay, guys? The lone winning team of Baker Mayfield's NFL career. They had, according to Sports Betting Dime, looking back retrospectively on the strength of schedule, they had the third easiest schedule in the NFL. They still couldn't win their division, only managed a wild card berth. And their playoff victory came against a Steelers team that started out 11 0 and then crumbled and lost four of their last five games, basically backed into the playoffs and had no business being there. If they go up against any other team in that playoff, they lose that game. So he, that his one claim to fame and why he's any good is this playoff win. He didn't even deserve it. He didn't earn it. It was gifted to him, okay? And now finally, we come to the 2021 season, okay? The Browns go 8-9, and nine, finishing third in the AFC North, missing the playoffs, and... Baker Mayfield's stats were, were even worse. This is actually one of the worst of his career, under 60% completion percentage through just 17 touchdowns to 13 interceptions, sacked 43 times. And mind you, he had two all-pro offensive linemen. And dude's still getting sacked 43 times, didn't even play a full 17 games in the season. I get it. I know what everyone's saying out there. Oh, the injury. He played through an injury the whole year. It was an injury to his non-throwing shoulder, okay? It was a torn labrum. Anyone who's dealt with cartilage issues, you understand it hurts. It doesn't feel good, but it doesn't actually prevent you from doing anything, especially when all you're doing is using it as your guide arm when you're throwing a football. Give me a break. You're a professional. If you're strapping them up, you're telling me that you're capable of playing. I don't want to hear the excuses. Frankly, his performance last year wasn't even the issue is his leadership. Oh. And this is where oh. we, we truly found out oh. the issue with Baker Mayfield and why it was never going to work. When the Browns trade for a <clears throat> adult into Sean Watson, borderline <laughs> sexual assault, uh, assault, allegedly. Yeah, it's an allegation. Allegedly. Yep, allegations. This is the adult that you're going to bring in to replace him. He obviously lost that locker room. They had no faith in him. And, and, and I, I wish that I could say he was going to a better situation in Carolina. But it's all downhill from here, guys. Oh, yeah. This is a dumpster oh, yeah. fire that he's joining there. And unfortunately for Baker, this is it for him.
Are you closing your case? That's it. Okay, so Ooh, like so. It. It's not even I, fair because you I guys agreed with everything I, I, I just said. Yeah, I, I like. I would have. I would like to rebuttal. I would like to have something witty to say other than I think. We all agree. <laughs> okay, can I at least no. rebuttal myself? No, you can't rebuttal yourself. No, the no. jury sees your case, and we side with the public defender. Oh, wouldn't, wow. wouldn't, what a great! Wouldn't that be hilarious defender. though to see a public defender be like, "Okay, now that that's all out there, can I actually give you my opinion on no. the subject?" <laughs> no, because you made such an unbelievably compelling case. I don't know how you could ever think anything different. That's great. He's not my, even going to start. Only, the only thing that I makes me be- actually believe in Baker is nope, that, that nope. Cleveland was, is a dumpster fire. Nope. They nope. ruin every quarterback <laughs> that ever steps foot there. No. I think he has a better season this year. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's all you get to say that's for it. him, all right? Okay. Hey, though, I commend you. I commend you because I don't. unlike producer Nick... You actually played along with the game, and I appreciate it. I played it. along. You did not play along I with the game. I played absolutely along. Verdict's out. Did Nick play along with the game? No. Absolutely no. not. You did not play along with the game. What do you mean? The game is to actually defend it as if you believed it. And I believe very it. Clear, nope. I believe you it. You were out up there and said, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, if you're an idiot, <laughs> I did not you, say will, you will make my def- my defendant not guilty <laughs> if you ignore all the if you are the type of person that likes to ignore evidence then this is the verdict for you have either of you guys you ever actually sat on a jury before no i've gotten pretty close i, I got i got selected and then got kicked out okay so I, I got um i got through like the second interview or whatever like whatever whatever but no so i i did actually get to sit it was just a one-day thing it was a local in the city of lakewood and i obviously won't go into the details because i'm pretty sure that's illegal to do that um this is years ago now but i straight up it was it was like watching it on tv where it was it wasn't a public defender but the the prosecutor did the worst job like we all knew the person was guilty but it was like dude you have done nothing but give me doubt like you're not doing your job like you're so bad that this person's actually getting off because you're so terrible at your job i mean they were stealing things so it's like whatever nobody really got hurt, but <laughs> commercial businesses get get hurt mm, so uh, large corporations great. can can handle it but yeah I, I, it was an interesting experience for me i actually would actually thoroughly enjoyed it it was a good experience to to see what it was actually I really like enjoyed watching this guy get sent to jail it was, it was no excellent. the person get off it was a teenager <laughs> good sweet off. girl so you excellent know. yeah okay. all right I'm moving on from criminals that. walk free <laughs> okay hey that's our justice system for you Whoa. All right. We're going to move on from that topic. Uh, that might be pushing a few buttons for some people out there. And before we get out of there here, guys, I just want to quickly touch on the Nuggets Summer League. That that has come and gone. I didn't realize. I, I feel like I do this every year, but I didn't realize it's so short. It is short. It seems odd to me to just throw a few games in there. Why not? You know, I mean, even like Little League baseball teams play more than that. I mean, <laughs> you know, come on. Give me a 20-game little 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 stretch here. But the Nuggets went two and three. Uh, without overreacting, Connor, give me your thoughts. I stress that. Without overreacting, give me your thoughts on how the rookies performed. Uh, you know, I, it was good. I, it was good. I touched on it last week. I think that Christian Braun showed that he... Uh, is definitely capable of being a role player on this team. Uh, his, you know, three point percentage was abysmal, but again, small sample size, not going to, not going to overreact, but I mean, it was, it was really, really bad. He, he averaged uh, six three pointers a game during summer league and he averaged 0.8 makes. 
So uh, that was a uh, you know twelve and a half percent shooting from three. Ooh, that's like not me. Looking, that's like me. That was you would not shoot twelve. You would shoot less than that. I mean, uh, <laughs> maybe not in an NBA game, yeah, but you, NBA. you give me out there. I think I could hit one and ten. Maybe. And, and you know, look, this guy coming into it, he wasn't some sort of knockdown uh, sharpshooter at, at Kansas, right? He was, a, he was a middling three-point. He was a capable. You know, I think that's the best word for him. He was a capable three-point shooter. But, of course, you get to the NBA, that three-point line gets backed up. You got the added pressure of, of being a draft pick, being a first-round draft pick, coming in the NBA. It's your first NBA action. It's G League, or not G League. It's Summer League, granted. Um, but still, you know, I, so a little bit of that's expected. It's a small sample size. I'm not going to overreact. Uh, but other than that, I mean, he looked good. He, I, I said this last week. I was a little bit surprised as somebody who didn't watch a ton of Kansas basketball during the year. I was a little shocked at how athletic this guy was. Uh, he, he played some really good. He, he moved really well on defense on the perimeter. So you mean his short little stubby arms don't affect him too much? <laughs> his short stubby arms. Uh, no, he, he looked good. He looked like he was somebody who would be able to play defense in the NBA. Uh, and he played really well above the rim. Um, he... You know, he averaged uh, almost 12 points uh, per game. Uh, he averaged, let's see. Um, yeah, he, you know, he had some, has some decent numbers. But what, what really popped to me was his athletic ability. And then if you move on to Peyton Watson, his athletic ability also stood out. It seemed like he was an athlete. Uh, he made a couple of really cool highlight blocks, right? And again, we're not going to overreact, but the things I saw out of him looked like, hey, Maybe this guy actually can be an NBA player a little bit down the line. Uh, he looked really athletic as well. Um, I think the the biggest standout to me in the summer league was Jack White, and he is a. Is, isn't he the uh, lead singer of the White Stripes? <laughs> he is, but this is not that Jack oh, White. Okay. This is, of course, Jack White, the forward from Australia, I believe. Good day, mate. Right, that, is Aus- that how it is? Aussie. That was awful. Another shrimp on the barbe. Oh Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, but Jack White, who uh, had a really good showing, um, actually got signed to the last two-way contract of the Nuggets this year. So we'll actually see Jack White uh, on the Nuggets this year, and uh, Colin Gillespie, who also got uh, Colin Gillespie also got signed to a two-way. So my biggest takeaway from from summer league was, I mean, that's what you you want to see, right? You want to look at the rookies; it's their first time playing in, in, with you, and you want to see, hey, how do they look? I thought they were generally pretty positive, right? And I think Christian Braun might actually be someone who can contribute off the bench some this year. That right? was the question I wanted to ask. We were all pretty confident that going into the draft, that if they did take anyone in the late first round, we wouldn't see much of an impact. Do you expect, based off of what you've seen so far in the summer league, you think that he does play uh, any sort of significant role with the, uh, the Nuggets this year? I think, you know, based off of Michael Malone's past tendencies and how he tends to not play rookies and and also based off the Nuggets depth in their roster right now I wouldn't expect him to play right away Uh, I I don't think that Christian Braun is going to be in the rotation day one if that's what you're asking me but things happen people get injured Uh, you know sometimes people just aren't playing very well and sometimes, you know, there is a point in time in the season where you do just want to get your rookies in there a little bit. And in this case, he's going to be the only one of the rookies that is on the roster, almost certainly. Um, Peyton Watson's going to be in G League for probably a couple of years before he comes up. What, what were your thoughts? I, don't, I think we all were sort of in the dark in Peyton Watson and what he is and who he is. What were your thoughts on, on him? I, I will say in full disclosure, I watched zero seconds of this summer league. So I'm, I'm, I'm relying he, on everything looked, you're telling me on how, how good the Nuggets are. He definitely looked like he can play defense. And actually, I, that kind of goes for the entire team. 
I would say just what you know, uh, watching some of these games and the, and some of the highlights from these games, and just looking at the stats afterwards, it seemed like that kind of was an identity that this summer league team took on was was defense. Um, and you really look at Calvin Booth and all of his additions to the Nuggets. I mean, every single move that Calvin Booth made in this offseason was with a very specific theme in mind, and that was defense. So, I mean, everybody they brought in was intended to be an upgrade on defense. Uh, you know, from, from that trade with Monte Morris, Will Barton, um, bringing in, you know, KCP and and then and then the draft picks it, it seems like calvin booth absolutely is is having you know even that even the center uh jordan coming in it's all with a mind on improving the defense of this team and i think that's what you could see in this summer league team identity was that they they really took on a defensive identity and were playing pretty good defense so that's my biggest takeaway from it. And then, and then the second thing that you watch these games for, that why these matter, is to see how your roster is going to be rounded out. And so now we know the two two-way players, which are pretty interesting. So be exciting to see. Yeah, and as we move forward uh, through the rest of our off-season episodes until we start to get some live sports, no, I'm not considering what the Rockies are doing live sports. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have some fun, have some fun topics we're going to bring in here. We'll start talking some Broncos here. Training camp comes in just a couple of weeks, I think first week of August. So we'll start gearing up for that, but make sure you tune in each and every week. We record Tuesdays, release episodes on Wednesdays, or you can find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports one We'd love to interact with you guys. For Connor and Nick, I'm Jared. Thanks for tuning in to Red Rock Sports.